Hey there, hi there, ho there, everyone, and welcome once again to volume 13 of a Disney compendium. I am your host, JJ, and over there on the other line is uh, my good friend, Nick. Nick, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited to talk about Alice in Chains tonight. Uh, I, I told you every time, every time we do this. It's Alice in Wonderland. This is like the f- fourth or fifth time I've said it's Alice in Wonderland. And, I, I, and please tell me you watched the cartoon and not the Johnny Depp one. <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I, I watched, I watched it, and I was like, when, when are they gonna do a Man in the Box? And they never did it. <laughs> and that never happened. It? So it never happened. So now you gotta, you gotta track down the version that you're. <laughs> I'm, there's there, I'm, there has to be somebody did something <laughs> you know there has to be some sort of like dark side of the moon wizard of oz mash up between alice in wonderland and alice in chains <laughs> uh i joke because i like the movie yay <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh what this is uh 1951 mm-hmm. so this is just like so uh summer of 1951 this is uh, immediately, like, like there was what Cinderella was, you know, only a handful of months ago at this point. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, they're they're in, they're just back in back in the game. They are yeah. pumping out uh, these movies, although varying success. Most of these movies become bigger later, as is the case with a lot of, you know, a lot of famous works. Like you get to the well, when it originally came out, it didn't make a whole lot of money. But now, now after subsequent releases and stuff, it's made its money back. You know, ten million times over. So, but uh, not not like a cult following. You'd be like, no, I just you know, would you have a VHS? You have a VCR? Yeah, probably. You're gonna watch it a bunch of times. Yeah. Um. Actually, this one has a fun. Like, what made it popular? Uh, we'll get to it later. Uh, when we get to like sort of production and aftermath stuff but uh there's some there's some fun um there's some fun uh little factoids about this movie and it's sort of subsequent popularity after its release but um obviously this is an adaption of the lewis carroll's uh alice's adventures in wonderland and through the looking glass um and this uh this is not disney's first go at these movies at this uh, sort of not movies but these you know, character. But again, we'll get to that later. Um, but uh, you, you want to start it off with the uh, with some plot stuff, or you want me to take over? Well, I mean, essentially, uh, is this okay? So at the beginning, is this Alice's mom or her like her school teacher or her? Uh, a per- I, I, it's a. <laughs> I guess they don't really explicitly say, do they? Yeah. It's it's I, I, it's supposed to be mom because it's, it's like sister later on in the in like towards the end kind of stuff, but um, yeah, we'll go with that. We'll we'll go with sister then. Yeah, no, because like because uh, like yeah, because her sister's there at the uh, at the end of the movie, so I would yeah. assume mom. So <laughs> uh, okay, well, okay, so we'll do mom. So yeah. Alice hang out with her mom under the tree. Uh, she she and her uh, her cat Dinah, who's friggin' adorable. Uh, that's it's you know just it's, this and Pinocchio are you know two contenders for cutest uh, cartoon cat. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I would say Dynamite might edge out Figaro a little bit. Yeah, uh, I think, and and they tend to go back to the Dino well a few times. Like, like they use that design over and over again for merchandise and stuff. So, yeah, um, Alice uh, just dreaming of uh, adventure, dozes off and wakes up, sees a white rabbit with a pocket watch run into a tree. She falls. She falls on a hole. And goodbye, yeah. Dinah, Dinah, Dinah. Goodbye, Dinah. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, so that's where we get the phrase down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Because, so, um, the, because, and, and it's pretty self explanatory. Like, you, she dives down to that rabbit hole, and just it's just one thing after another. <laughs> it, it, the, it sets a, she's falling down, and all these objects are floating past her, so it sets a tone pretty quick yeah. about. It's a very Wizard of Oz feeling, kind of yes. like the like the tornado, and I'm I, I'm assuming it, that is one hundred percent intentional, <laughs> like yeah. Uh, so, um, I mean, they have a lot of the. I mean, they, they're effectively the same story at the at the end of the day, you know. So, uh, very similar, just transport you did like unclear of the reality she's in transported to another world filled with, you know, happenings and like craziness and like between this and this and wizard of Oz are two are, are born of the same DNA, obviously. Yeah. The difference is uh, Dorothy is born of poverty in this dreaming adventure. And Alice is pretty much born of privilege. It looks like. Yeah. And, she, and as such, you know, bored with her life because what you give the person that has everything kind of thing she just you know wants to do something wants to but but can't because she's just a kid and a rich kid at that yeah so um, she's she's uh kind of restricted in her own way yeah and um the whole that this movie is just like the visuals of it are just always so striking like when you get to the very like the first sort of real craziness with like the um the eat me drink me stuff mm-hmm. like just to see her just the the animation of her um growing and shrinking is just super interesting to like that, like you don't really see you used to back in like the early Mickey Mouse stuff and like the rubber hose kind of like flexibility and like the stretching right. that way and stuff. But to have a sort of like, you know, a smooth animation of actual height change is kind of like, you could see they've come a long way since the early days of how, what they were making. So. Yeah. It's funny. Like I was watching this, like the part where she grows and she cries and floods everything. The part, as soon as she as soon as she looks at the table, I automatically had like Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you didn't think about it at some point. Yeah, yeah, yes, you have to. <laughs> yeah. But it's like you know, I mean, this movie is 1951, so it is you know it's inspired so much since then that like. There's so much pop culture associated with Alice, in, particularly Alice in Wonderland. I think yeah. it's probably of all of the like, it's probably one of the. It's just this weird example of a movie that's probably more popular for reference than it is as a movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Like because like 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 Alice in Wonderland. Like I, I'm sure 
like the book was never a particularly big book for like us growing up. It was like because the movie had already existed and was part of sort right. of pop culture, and it was like we like there was never one of those like read read the Lewis Carroll books and like write a report. There was never any of that in school for me. Um, so it wasn't until I was much older that I because I loved Disney stuff, obviously. So it wasn't until much later that I ever read the um, Lewis Carroll books. Yeah, yeah. I, my only right reference was uh, this movie, and then in the nineteen eighties, they made some kind of a uh, television or TV movie, which had the creepiest Jabberwocky ever in it. Yeah, yeah. They, they. It's weird to see that they like, you know, you don't get a whole lot of like. Well, after Disney makes a movie, very rarely does anyone want to try to go back to it. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, twenty years later, then you have some other studios like, okay, let's make our own Alice in Wonderland. But then that, if that Alice in Wonderland has shown up a few times on like, you know, in the, like like what early two thousands, there was like an adaption of Alice in Wonderland on TV too. Like, I think. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, 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 it's yeah. We, we've Alice in Wonderland. Like, there's been different interpretations. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, this movie is just like the white rabbit signifies, you know, things in our culture more like, you know, the Tweedledee and Tweedledum just became nicknames. Right. Like, like and it's all be- like, yes, the book is the book, but you, you have to say that the movie is what created all of this stuff. Like, that's what made it, you know, part of the American consciousness, like, you know, or, you know even the rest of the world, obviously. But I think Disney sort of holds a different standing in this country since it's the all-american company kind of thing but um, the, the, um, the mad hat the, the mad hatter gave us one of the best batman villains so there you go <laughs> yes, yes absolutely uh but you know um and and it's easily one of the most exploitable um because there's so many striking character designs that can be repurposed for so many different things like the cheshire cat and the mad hatter and you know, obviously Dinah, and, and the, the the March Hare, even to some extent. Yeah, the March Hare, the Queen of Hearts, the uh, uh, the Caterpillar. Uh, you know, you see all of these characters getting repurposed all the time for all sorts of different um, purposes, and it really is probably outside of Mickey Mouse and like the, the that gang. Like you see a lot, a lot of Alice in Wonderland stuff, and it's it's like a big money maker for them, like merchandise wise I, I don't know why we're talking about this stuff now we, we, we haven't even gotten to we got eat me drink me and that's as far as we've gotten in the plot <laughs> yeah, we haven't we haven't gone down the rabbit hole yet yeah yes now yeah, we, yeah. well we have that's the that's the problem yes. we've gone right down the rabbit hole and now we're just going to be inundated with uh stuff left and right here <laughs> uh basically so at this point alice uh uh Turns giant, yeah. um, uh, and then upon learning she's George Mirashon, she starts <laughs> sobbing uncontrollably. <laughs> yes, I, that scene always is like, I, it's it's very upsetting crying. Like I don't know why. But my like, my son hated that. She, he hated it. He was, <laughs> she's not going to be sad. Like well, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, 
but uh, we're, we're you're, I'm sure he absolutely uh, loved the uh, once we're introduced to Tweedledee and Tweedledum shortly after all of this crying and growing and shrinking and doorknobs and everything. We get the uh, wonderful tale of the walrus and the carpenter. <laughs> I don't think he understood what was going on. He didn't Have, like them because they communicated like with bicorn sounds. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can, yeah, sure. But uh, my so my wife told me that uh, she actually read the carpenter and the walrus in fifth grade as it was like a, a poem. It was. It was. Um... Uh yeah, it was just yeah, it was just like a poem within the within the within the universe of like Alice or like it was a poem written specific, like for the book. Like so it's you know, it exists. I, I was I was impressed and it makes sense that Disney would adapt that part. I mean they're not adapting everything when they adapt yeah. their stuff. They're making their own Disney version of a lot of these things, but like uh it makes sense. It's a very Disney-like story that they would want to tell, and it, it gives the animators something fun to draw. I like. I've always liked the design of the walrus. It's very like he's a bum. Yeah, I can't look at walruses in walrus eye <laughs> in uh, in real life without like Im- imagining them like as bums with little fingerless yeah. gloves and everything. <laughs> Which is like like half a stogie. Yeah. Back, um, like you know, broken hats and you know because yeah you know well here's, here's the interesting thing like i i'm glad i went back and watched this again because i misremember the whole walrus and carpenter thing <laughs> i always remember the carpenter being up like being mad at the walrus for eating the oysters because you know he, like you ate the baby oysters no, he's mad because he just ate all the food. Yeah, he did, Yeah, he's mad that he didn't get any of the baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which makes it way worse when you think about it. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> it. Uh, you know, when it's when it's written word, it plays a little differently than when you anthropomorphize the little baby oysters and see them in action. You know? Yeah. But um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's upsetting. It's an upsetting little little visuals that you get with the uh, the walrus and the hamster. And then uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum seem to be content on wasting Alice's time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I mean, it's it's very clearly just their goal in this entire movie because every time they yeah. every time they show up, it's you know slows her down, you know so. But um, she does. Uh, she does finally track down the rabbit. <laughs> at this yep. point, and this is this is this is not this is a second appearance of Mister Dodo. It is. Yeah. It is the second appearance. I think it's it's it's. Uh, I like. <laughs> I like the uh, uh, the visual of Alice stuck in the house. It's a very. Yes. It's a very good like gag this this cartoon is just absolutely packed from like pillar to post with just sight gags like it's yeah. like it's it's the whole like the heart of this is just sort of the abstract and like the animators having some fun with some crazy designs and bright color technicolor you know <laughs> like 
Yeah, like you got you, you, you for as since you have like you know her giant figure in the house, and then you have like Bill shooting out of the the chimney. <laughs> like I feel bad for Bill. Like, yeah, yeah, he's got he's got duped by that idiot Dodo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got he he, he drew a bad hand, <laughs> and then she uh she eats a carrot that shrinks her down to the size of a bug. Yep, that's uh. It's like once you're in the like once she's that small like like it's like uh honey I shrunk the kids like yeah everything becomes slightly creepier when it's just like oh this is just, it's normal but it's also massive but also like everything's alive which imagine if honey I shrunk the kids had like you know living flowers and stuff <laughs> like, oh my god <laughs> I mean that ant, that that ant scene was upsetting enough. Yeah, but um, uh, I never liked the caterpillar. It's it's an irritating character. <laughs> well, he, uh, the, the caterpillar and his hookah. His hookah pipe caterpillar. Yeah, it's 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 just an obnoxious character. I, I just it's like okay, that's just nothing happens in this scene. It's just an irritating caterpillar doing its hookah nonsense. <laughs> He he can blow letters out of his mouth. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like that's that also has a lasting impact on. Like yes. I just remember the, just like every once in a while a who will come out like who. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. We're we're kind of in the middle of like some just really annoying characters like kind of yeah. backtracking a little bit like. Mr. Dodo's uh, uh, strategy for getting Alice out of the house is to set the rabbit's house on fire. <laughs> yeah. So we go from that to the uh, just the very obtuse caterpillar. Yeah. Just yeah. Um, but uh, what else? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. She turns back to normal size, <laughs> Mario style. She takes a bite yeah. out of the mushroom. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Now, now I can't watch that while they're hearing. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> yeah, like we need we need a question. She needed a question mark block to grab that. I think. Uh, where we have the. Uh, are we oh, no. are we past the dandelion dogs or? Yeah, that like? would have been yeah because that was before meeting. That was after, shortly after she shrunk down to yeah. get to the, that size before the caterpillar, I believe. The Danny Lions look like more like Fry Guys than they did uh, dogs. Yeah, they look like McDonald's Fry Guys, but bark like dogs. Yeah, <laughs> and like it's uh, it's again just like very striking visuals. Like it's yes, it's it sticks with you. You remember those for days afterwards. Those dandelions. So, yeah. And if you see this in a season where dandelions are gonna be around, you. you you can't you can't help but picture it in your mind's eye when you see the dandelion growing out of the ground somewhere. Hey Ronald, how about some chicken nuggets? <laughs> I, when did they get rid of all of those McDonald's characters, dude? Like I wanna I say late nineties? It's like not, it's like, like <laughs> you know, it's like the uh uh you know, you had you peaked with uh uh happy meal chicken nugget toys. <laughs> Yes. Toys well, based on chicken nuggets. <laughs> and then you had the changeables. 
Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the food that turned into Transformers. I think once they got rid of the boxes of cookies was like it for like that stuff that the McDonald's characters. So it, yeah, it was a whole thing where I guess they, it was something like you can't market fast food to our children. Yeah. You can't like, it was, yeah, it was, it's like mascot situation stuff. Like you, they, they went too they, they went too deep down the rabbit hole of yeah. this stuff. Like now you've got moot, you've got movies and video games and toys and stuff. And it's all just directed right towards kids. So, and I can't, and honestly, now that you mentioned it, I can't think of the last time I actually saw a McDonald's commercial on television. Like, well, especially not, I, I mean, especially not for children. like, <laughs> Or for anybody, for that matter. Yeah. I'm seriously trying to think of one. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I mean, also, not, not a whole lot of TV. Everything's just like, I, Mc, McDonald's isn't going to put an ad on Hulu or something. <laughs> <laughs> they're not, they're, yeah, they're McDonald's not gonna be advertising on New Japan World, so I'm probably not gonna see it. Now, now, yeah, yeah. Now, like, if we were still like on the WWE Network, maybe. <laughs> oh God. But uh, yeah, no, not, not a whole lot of McDonald's uh, commercials on like for like in, like in the middle of YouTube videos and stuff. So. But uh, boy, that was. Sorry, I guess that was. Has, <laughs> listen, McDonald's is going to come up a lot because they are tied hand in hand with, uh, with uh, <laughs> this stuff. So with Disney stuff. So you know, spoilers. JJ and I are both millennials with poor eating habits. Yeah. So, but we're loving it. So yeah, on top of that, we we both have uh, rather substantial collections of Disney merchandise that were acquired through a McDonald's. <laughs> through a McDonald's Happy Meal, which we'll get into in later weeks, I guess. <laughs> Very yes. Um, but anyways, I guess we should get back to the movie itself because we're oh, getting to okay. the, yeah. Unfortunately, we have to get back to the movie for a couple. We're not too. This movie doesn't have a whole lot of plot points. It's all just visuals playing out like there's like four there's technically only like four scenes in this movie <laughs> you, oh you yeah have, I guess if you think about it yeah you have the introduction you have the initial room with the eat me drink me you have rabbit's house you have the unbirthday you have the queen of you have the queen of hearts that's like <laughs> so you're, that's really it I, I i blame the unbirthday scene for my love of hot tea as a child as a dog, it just looked like good tea, man. Yeah, they do a good job at uh, at, at making tea in this cartoon. It's, they make it look hot, and it's like you know, it's 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 the little simple things that sort of get lost as you know, as people f- refine the craft and everything. It's, and people, you have to overthink stuff when making a cartoon, especially in this time frame where. It's still sort of, even though they've been making movies for what this is the fifties, so we're getting close to twenty years to making cartoons. Yeah. But um, uh, you know, you, there's you're still pay. You, you, the devil is in the details, and like later on down in stuff, like you know, if they're drinking a cup of coffee, it's going to be like wispy, like heat. If you see anything, yes, if anything at all. But like with this, it's like you know pillowy clouds of steam to let you know like this is hot this is a hot beverage that they're drinking <laughs> and they're just drinking tons of it oh just like 
yeah, just it's like a Mountain Dew commercial. They're just slamming this tea left and right. <laughs> so this is kind of where we're getting our. Uh, by the way, first of all, we're getting some good voice work here. So now we have uh, Ed Wynn as a Mad Hatter. Oh yeah, and then like an iconic Mad Hatter role. Uh, with um, Edwin, like, also known as uh, he's Uncle Albert from Mary Poppins. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, very close. Uh, you know, and uh, well, there's some like um, the March Hare is uh, Frederick March. <laughs> yes, Frederick March. No, it's, it's the uh, it's it's the Casey at the Bat guy. <laughs> oh, oh, that kind. Of, you know what? You, that, you, now I can't unhear it. Yeah, it's the yeah, it's the guy that did the narration of Casey at the Bat, which yeah, was made, that, that for, makes perfect sense. Yes, for those who, uh, for whatever reason, you jerk, haven't listened to the previous episode of Make My Music. They did a adaptation of Casey at the Bat, and um, the voice actor for the March Hare in this is the narrator for Casey at the Bat. So, uh, uh, the best voice work. Uh, by far, of course, Sterling Holloway as a Cheddar Cat. Absolutely, uh, S- Sterling Holloway, uh, like like the Winnie the Pooh voice, essentially can just he can manipulate it in enough different ways to to make anything work, and it's <laughs> it's not too dissimilar from his actual speaking voice, though. If you yeah were, yeah see it's him. Well, and it's funny because like you can, uh, I didn't mention it. I forgot to mention it entirely on the uh, Fantasia episode that we did. But like, if you get the um, Legacy Collection um, CD that they put out recently, it has him reading the Sorcerer's Apprentice, and it's like, I'm like, it's like you think for a split, it's like, is he in character? What the hell character is he? But no, that's just Sterling Holloway. He's not. He's just how I talk. Yeah, he's obviously not reading it as Winnie the Pooh because you know Fantasia came out. You know, thirty years before Winnie the Pooh came out. You know, so. I'm uh, I'm looking up um, the guy who did the voice of the caterpillar, and the only thing I I remember him being in he was, uh, he was in Young Frankenstein. Yes, uh, he was he was the guy who brings uh, Froderick the uh, Will at the hospital. Yeah, I think he was in. Um... Twilight Zone looks like. I think it was in Sound of Music as well. You're probably <laughs> oh that old thing. Uh, let's see. <laughs> y- yes, he is Max Detweiler. Yeah. Okay, now I know who he is. All right. Yeah. 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 Right. So. Um, yeah. He was kind of a big deal. Yeah, I mean, he was in a bunch of stuff, but like no- nothing, nothing like nothing ever on this, the level of this caterpillar for him career-wise like yes he was in bigger movies like you know sound of music is a massive movie you know obviously and yeah it's the twilight zone which is the twilight zone you know you can't go wrong with being a feature player in a twilight zone episode <laughs> but um but yeah oh, gosh oh whoop whoop you got you're me so yeah no you surprised me oh sorry uh mr walrus by the way j pat o'malley yep well, well versed in Disney films. Yes, yes. They, um, I mean, he's they, gonna crop up here in ten years. Sir. Yeah, I mean, you get like a lot of um, the uh, the voice of Mickey Mouse shows up in this too. He's uh, 
like the the flamingo voice and the uh, the dormouse, uh, the little mouse from um, the Mad Tea Party. The one who does the dissertation. Yes, that's the voice. That's the after Walt stopped doing it. It's Jimmy Jimmy McDonald. Um, so you can kind of hear it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it, I I just think it's funny that he's you know Mickey Mouse and he's playing the mouse in Owl's World. <laughs> you're a new mouse guy. Yeah, so now you're gonna play all mice, um, except in except in Cinderella. We're not gonna give you. Yes, yeah. we got mice. <laughs> but yeah, so it's them. It's there's so back to the movie again. They're celebrating. Yeah. Uh, they're celebrating. Uh, it's an unbirthday party. So you know, mm. celebrating not having a birthday. Which, you know, as you do, as you are wont to do sometimes. It is uh, which, which is what girls in their 20s do on Facebook. It's my birthday month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're celebrating. No, if, if your birthday's in July, you're celebrating your unbirthday every day until it's. <laughs> the Mad Hatter's like, if you want to send me gifts on Venmo, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it is fun. Like, they're she's just constantly trying to get a get a word in and just not happening. They are not having any of it. They're doing their they're doing their singing. They're doing the unbirthday song. Uh, Which is probably the best song from the movie, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, My favorite anyway. Yeah. It's it's very enjoyable. Uh I do love <laughs> I do love that nothing ever comes of the scene. She just gets irritated and leaves like what? <laughs> I'm done with this. Well, because done. she did with Tweedledee and Tweedledum, she's like, all right, we'll see you. Yeah. <laughs> and she just waters away. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but no, then we go right back to, she leaves and just starts crying her head off again. <laughs> it's, it, it's not the ugly cry she had earlier, but it's, yeah. it's kind of a. Yeah. But now Cheshire Cat shows back up. We, we never even mentioned the Cheshire Cat appearing in the first place. Because uh, leading her astray, yeah, uh, sending her to that horrible nonsense tea party in the first place. Yeah. Uh, but um, you have to admit, like every time the Cheshire Cat shows up in this movie, it just commands your attention. It, yeah, they do such a good job animating it, animating the sort of you know op- opacity and the transparency of the stripes and. Like the way it forms and the way it disappears, and the uh, the, the the voice matches the way he looks. Like yeah, those two things mesh really well. Yeah, it's and I'm like it, it's 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 a top tier Disney character, like design wise, if nothing else. Like it, it's such a good and it's such a like well realized character for Disney in here too it's probably the it's probably a character that you understand more than any other character in this movie including alice like like you don't really like alice like you don't really understand much about like she's there's not she didn't have a lot of depth no there's no depth there but like you like with the cheshire cat you you recognize sort of like what his deal is (laughs) like like he's he's silly but he's also an instigator yeah he's he He's he just he's a cat. He intentionally he intentionally is trying to get a rise out of you. Yeah. <laughs> he's just one step away of just you know pushing the drink me bottle off the countertop at the beginning of that movie. Like he was in that scene, he absolutely would have. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cheddar Cat's the reason I can't look at like a like a quarter moon without thinking of his smile. 
yeah, it's like just the cat suddenly appearing because yeah. of at the at the, from the moon in the sky. Like yeah. that is one of the absolute coolest bits of animation in this entire movie. It is so striking, and I, that's the thing that I like so much about um, this particular movie is um, is the animation. Yes, I there is because there's not there's not anything there's nothing here like depth wise for this movie and that's the point i mean that really is it is it is about nonsense like it is you know finding finding life uh, and you know and you know discovering the nonsense of life and things like that you know that's um what 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 the world thank you but no, it's, it's it's about it's you know, it, it's a it's a movie about you know what happens when there's no rules essentially, yes. and this is what you get. You get all of this. You finally get to the queen who has rules, and it goes real bad for Alice, real and, bad, and, and really bad rage issues. <laughs> yeah, um, there is croquet will never be anything other than this to me. Like <laughs> just playing with flamingos. Yeah, like, like any time I've ever picked up a croquet mallet in my life, you you think about this scene. Like you think about you know ter- grabbing a flamingo and <laughs> straightening it out and smacking it. <laughs> well, well, Alice's flamingo is just like like. Are you trying to get us both uh, get us both beheaded? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what? Don't track me down with you, man. <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's super, super weird. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, um, I don't know what that Flamingo's game is, but, like, yeah. I, the, the, the part of this, this scene, the, the thing that always stands out to me when I think about this particular scene, it's not the queen, it's the, the cards, the cardsman. Painting the roses red? <laughs> yes. Well, no, or, or just the, that look in particular, because they've shown up yeah. in some other things, I, I think. Yeah, and you see them Paint. a little video games and stuff you see them a lot like they're good like low-level goomba like grunts from super they, Mario. they really they just, are you know they look like one hit kill kind of you know 16 <laughs> you know platforming enemies like you're just gonna you're just gonna mine the cardsman for xp yeah exactly um yeah. i'm surprised um on in reference to video games that like because the balls are hedgehogs like you think they're like i'm surprised sonic the hedgehog never like uh. made a reference to that in some way, shape, or form. Because like you know, you have Sonic spinball and stuff. Like there are scenes where you know the character gets like even like the casino scenes or something in these games. Like you know, do something to make make reference to the hedgehogs being used as balls. But uh, and, the, uh, and this is and this is forty years before Sega did it. So, <laughs> so but um, yeah, it, it's just yeah the the. This this game of uh, this this game does not go well for, <laughs> for Alice here. Well, it was rigged to begin with. Yeah, but uh, like like everything like everything that's in there is rigging the game. Like the cards are throwing themselves in front of her to make sure they she makes it through the all the hoops and you know the animals moving around and not playing fair and. <laughs> 
everybody's just trying to appease the queen to keep from losing their head. Yeah, because, you know, doing the very, you know, King Henry sort of off with their heads kind of like very traditional king, queen, monarchy <laughs> nonsense with, you know, execution, just executions left and right. Uh, the the king is just this little like sawed off guy who's soft spoken and yeah yeah very clearly very clearly doesn't want to be there doing any of this <laughs> you kind of feel bad for him a little bit a little bit a little bit but you know there's no way he didn't know what he was getting himself into he knew that's what he wants <laughs> but um but yeah you know then she goes to trial. And you get absurd courtroom scene. <laughs> just the the character witnesses are just the Mad Hatter and oh, and more Cheshire Cat messing uh, messing with the Queen. Yes, yeah, just really trying to get Alice absolutely murdered in this movie. Every yeah. step of the way, he's trying to get her just set her to in on a path of self destruction, yeah. <laughs> and. Um, uh, <laughs> the queen like tells her to leave the courthouse yeah. <laughs> and then she doesn't <laughs> and it's yeah. just like a jerk to the like insults the queen <laughs> oh yeah she she uh, earlier when she left the caterpillar she took a piece of the mushroom that made her smaller and larger yeah so she remembers oh i have these now i'm george mirishan again or yeah. sorry minute bowl now, now and I'm- now I'm gonna talk. Now I'm gonna give the queen what for? Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, and then uh, this is pretty much the end of the movie. Like she gets away. She she gets away. Gets through the door. Uh, That's that was at the beginning of the movie. There's and, this great uh, time machine thing where she's like going through pink yeah. clouds. Yeah, yeah, just just she's having a Doctor Who moment out there. <laughs> yeah. And oh, now all of a sudden she wakes up and she's back home. Maybe Turns out to, she she threw up the think. whole thing. Yeah, maybe. Who knows with Disney with yeah. these things like you know. Alice and Doki Doki Panic? She dreamed the thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she she threw she she threw a turn up at Wart and now she's free. Actually, so. Wart actually has resemblance to the Queen if you think about I, it. Well, I I mean that's all like intentional kind of stuff. I mean everything that this kind of like dreamland kind of nonsense sort of they they go out of their way to sort of uh, play play those games once in a while <laughs> uh, there's a, there, i mean there's, there, now i think well, there's probably stuff in little nemo that's kind of similar as well yeah anything anything where the person like falls asleep or gets sucked up into a tornado or any, like everything is going to yeah. play homage to alice in wonderland or wizard of oz in some way shape or form but usually both um, but uh, we did a very bad job going through that movie because it's very hard to talk about the movie because it's so well, chaotic it's... from start to finish, and it's hard to like, it's hard to like place them where there's they need no, to be. There's no through line, and like yeah. we said, like Alice is not a character of considerable substance, so it's hard to say this is how she reacts and this is what she's yeah. It's 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 her being just sort of pushed through a series of unfortunate events. You know, <laughs> like uh, it's just it, she is just 
she is the avatar of the character of, of the, the character is just an avatar for you to sort of experience this world of chaos um yeah there's no there's no depth to alice she has you know it's just a, it's just a you know cute little blue-eyed blonde-haired girl that is just happens to be caught up in this world of chaos yeah and, and, and i wish i could say like oh she, her character grows as the movie yeah. goes on but not no not really i mean i mean just just in a very literal sense she literally grows she but literally like, does. there's no lesson is learned there's no yeah. there's no like you know you know sometimes you know sometimes you do just need to have the silliness in life you know you need yeah. to you know, but that's that's not the lesson learned because the silliness left her led her to almost get murdered. So was so, but at the same time, the lesson isn't, um, you know, uh, just you know, tighten up your bootstraps and just keep 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 going with to the status quo either. Because they don't really express that in any way, shape, or form. It is just weird things happen, and now she's she had a dream, and now she's home back to where she's yeah, supposed and, to be. <laughs> and, 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 and she doesn't even reflect on what happened. Like She's like, oh, it was a dream. Yep. Oh, Alice, you're so silly. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. All right, let's go home. Because <laughs> yeah, typ- typically you would get something like, you know, like, oh, where's that rabbit? What rabbit? That rabbit? You'd see like a real rabbit or something, you know, like, yeah. or something. But no, it's just she wakes up and she's like, all right, end of the movie. <laughs> and it's like, was, was Cheshire like the standing for Dinah or do we yeah who knows but like yeah, that, that, yeah. no else, so. yeah. nope she just gets woken up she's like she thanks her sister for waking her up and they go home for tea like that's I the end of the I, I just had a very British dream yeah I had the most British dream you could possibly imagine <laughs> let's have tea and I'll explain it to you <laughs> but, the only uh, thing it was missing was the TARDIS and uh, the bubbles from the prisoner <laughs> if anything was going to appear in this movie, those bubbles from the prisoner would be the thing that appeared yeah. in this movie. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, we alluded to earlier that this isn't Walt's first go around with Alice as a character. Um, back when he was working at Laughagram Studios in his hometown of Kansas City, um, uh, they did a series of movies called Alice's. Um, I I, forget, I don't know if the, I think they just were the Alice comedies. They didn't really have yeah like, a, a overall right. yeah. Um, but the first one was a little short called Alice's Wonderland, yeah. and um, it's it's about thirteen minutes. Um, came out in nineteen twenty three. Blended um, live action and animation, correct? Yes, it's a real human in a cartoon world. Yeah. Um, which, uh, you know, it, it becomes like, you know, that was pretty impressive back then. It's like it's still pretty impressive these days to still pull that off as successfully as you can. But, you know, think about this. This is 1923. This is, you know, years before Mickey Mouse makes his debut in 1928 at this point. Yeah. So, you know, this and, is years. And, and film is still pretty, it's still pretty new. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, um, uh, and so, you know, this is sort of Walt's first quote unquote success story are these series of um, Alice cartoons. Not, I, I want to call them cartoons, but shorts, I guess, are the best way to put it. Because I mean, you're, not, you're, you're not wrong calling them cartoons either because they're, you know, 
Yeah. Um, and the um, the uh, the actress in them, her real name is Virginia Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this is pretty much um, her biggest like her being Alice is sort of that's it. She doesn't really do a whole lot else in she's done a couple other things and she was in a couple of the disney movies later on in her life um she had uh um but like she like what did auditioning for like some of the voices and like pinocchio but right. never got but didn't get hired or anything like she never really had much of a career like this is the peak of her career uh you, you might know I, my guess would be that she only got those opportunities just because Walt like felt like he owed her, maybe. Yeah, and 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 her parents were pushing. She want they wanted her to be a child actor, kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, got all that nonsense. Um. So yeah, those were those were relative. They weren't successful, but they you know earned notoriety. It's kind of what got Walt's career going, though. Yeah. Um. And you know, so that that that's where. So they're not, um, for historical purposes, they're really fun to go back and watch. They're right. not particularly entertaining. Um, that like the gags aren't even all that great. It's just very simple. Nineteen twenty-three. You know, it's not too far removed from you know the earliest Felix the Cat kind of gags and stuff. Like, there's not much to it. Just the fact that it's a cartoon is sort of with a real person that was sort of a the most interesting part of it. And, you know, the silent era stuff still too. So anything that you watch now is sort of, you know, re, re hobbled together based on like what they would have, what we would have played during this time or something. Yeah. It's this never, would have heard. Yeah. Or this is, this is similar to what you would have heard or whatever. Like you never really fully get the um, actual experience of what some of these silent era cartoons in particular um, were about. Um, you know, some of the other stuff like Felix the Cat or like the Oswald cartoons hold up a little better because um, they don't they don't need the like the music is just not as important as the gags going on on the screen. Yeah. So, um, but in this case, the gags have to be a little more simplistic because they have to interact with a person. So they're they, and obviously. There's not like now where you could sort of like, okay, so we're we're gonna have these sort of like you can we, you can see where the character is gonna be, He's like we're gonna put you and you can look at the monitor and stuff and things like yeah. that. Like there's none of that. It is you have to animate around the person essentially, and, so, and the person has to like hit their marks pretty precisely. Yeah, there's no there's no screwing up. There's no, um, you know. It's you know animation is done cell by cell by hand in 1923 still, and it's you know so so they're not they're not particularly fun to watch in in terms of something to sit down and power through a weekend of watching Alice comedies. But I think like watching a couple of them, I highly recommend because historically they're they're fascinating little bits of history for the Disney studio. Um, uh, we we but, uh. The year before this comes out, we also had uh, the the one year uh, wonder one hour in Wonderland special, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, Where we get to see Catherine Beaumont dressed as Alice. Yes, yes, we did. Um, yeah. Also, this was um, prior to um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. 
this was another movie that was like Walt was thinking about making a feature length to it because again this is sort of something that he's always you know it started his career effectively and he so had he's, an, um, he's an attachment to it yeah he's an attachment to it it's like that was going to be like that was it like wasn't the major like it like like something happened and so they like you know we started a production of it and so it was like the original plan sort of like you know we're gonna make a lot of feature length film it should be uh it should be it should be alice in wonderland it was just sort of like you know uh, so we'll we'll get around to it Uh, let's just go do that next yeah but the reason, I, the main reason why he didn't do it was because at the same time Paramount Studios was doing a live action adaption of Alice in Wonderland, mm-hmm. um, and that was just sort of like, well, I'm not, we're not going to release Alice in Wonderland like all virtually the same year as a cartoon as as Paramount's putting out as a film. Um, I have never seen the 33 version of Alice in Wonderland. I have I, I know I know it's got Gary Cooper and W.C. Fields in it. That's about the extent of my knowledge. I, is W.C. Fields the Mad Hatter or the Walrus? Uh, he's, hum- <laughs> he's, he's Humpty Dumpty. Oh, because he gave me other, well, I was like, if he was a Walrus, I could totally see W.C. Fields as the Walrus. <laughs> no, um, no. Come. Yeah, and um, Cary Grant is the Mock Turtle. Oh, I have to look this movie up actually. Now. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Who is the Mad Hatter? Now I have to look it up. Edward Everett Horton. Uh, Trouble in Paradise. Arsenic and Old Lace. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you said Trouble in Paradise. You know what? You know what I was about to say. What? I yes yes. S O S. I call it. And oh, he was in it's a Mad 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 Mad. Oh, that's a fantastic movie. Yeah, um, but yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, I like. I, I actually kind of saw a piece of uh, One Hour in Wonderland not too long ago, actually, and it was like pretty much like just a tease for the movie. Yeah. Um, also, what it would so uh, so they didn't do that, but he did make a Mickey Mouse cartoon in '36. Yeah. That right. was um, through the mirror. So, yeah. And Which, then you get the cards in there too. Yes, you get the cards in there and stuff too. Um, through the mirror is that's that's a that's one of the like top ten Mickey Mouse shorts. I think yeah. it is. Um, it's it's very Mickey Mouse like, uh, especially um, it's so late in the Mickey Mouse like so to speak. Yeah. Because um, it's thirty six, so at this point it's fully in color already. And Mickey Mouse is sort of like, you know, Donald Duck and Goofy and these characters are already sort of taken off. But um, the mirror has this weird sticky quality to it. Yeah, it's well, I mean, it has to be hard because that's like something like like that. That kind of animation must be really tricky to just pull off. Like walking like, through a mirror. Yeah, especially in 1936. Like, what does that look like? Like, there's no you can't just like do a whole lot like you can't there's no point of reference to what that would look like is it uh that cartoon's like a extra on the epic mickey disc isn't it oh yeah yeah, yeah. it was yeah. um they it's one of the ones like if they're going to do a compilation it typically finds its way oh, in yeah. there. it's just it's, one of the it's one of the it's one of the big ones you know it's, uh, i guess we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about kind of in passing the tim burton movies 
Yeah, I mean, well, that's going to be part of the, like, because we'll get to some of that stuff because there's tons of other Disney adaption stuff. We just got to go through some of the history of, like, like, production and all that stuff. Um, uh, This this movie really um, took off... um, I'm sorry, I got sidetracked by reading about the the 1933 Universal Alice in Wonderland. You're like, like we're gonna we're gonna shut the podcast down and we're gonna watch that one. We're gonna watch that, and we're gonna gonna reconvene uh, after I've watched that. Um, uh, uh, So you know, Alice in Wonderland is obviously one of the movies that got hurt uh, because it was again, it was always on the docket for Walt. Right. Um, Like you know, he registered it early on. By like before 1940, um, so the, and they say start working on it, and they start like like original original reels and stuff are finished before the 40s started. And obviously, the 40s were not a great time for Disney, um, and it was going and it was apparently going to be a really hard cartoon to make. And Walt didn't like the um, the tone of the script; thought it was too too much, <laughs> like too dark, too horrible um so um you know why they didn't include some things yeah yeah based on yeah there's some things that just like don't adapt wouldn't adapt well especially to a you know 1930s disney studio you know so like like like, again the jabberwocky would have been terrifying yeah um so you know world war ii destroyed both the world's economy, con- the country's economy for a spell, and the studio's economy, and um, some of the other movies that they were working on, you have to have just a ton of resources, and you know they're working on so many movies at once. Like when you have a team working on Pinocchio and you have a team working on Fantasia, something's going to have to give. And Alice in Wonderland was the one that was shelved, like. Um, they they had like an early screening of like some of the pre-production stuff that they had working on, and it was just like there's too much work that needs to be done on this. Consider all things that were working on three other cartoons because Bambi would have been in there as well. Right. Um, so it's just like we're just gonna shelve this one. And obviously, they don't come back to it for a few years after the war ends is when um, they, they it's all hands on deck again. So 45 is when it's like war's over. You can start making movies again. So, you know, they're still, they were obviously working on the, um, the, uh, the package features that we just finished talking about uh, a couple weeks ago. We promise have to speak of those again. Genuinely. Yes. <laughs> so now it's time to start working on the future stories. And so like, so this is one of them. This is the, okay, we need a new script because I didn't like the last script and we need to, you know, come up with some designs and stuff. And this is around the time when Mary Blair was doing a lot of work with the Walt Disney stuff. So if you look at like art books and stuff of movies that were coming in around at the time, Cinderella was one of them last time. Alice Wonderland is Mary Blair um, works on a lot of that stuff. And you recognize Mary Blair's artwork from like a million miles away um, because, you know, she's done um, her, her visuals are uh, it's a small world is basically like Mary Blair. Like that's that that's her aesthetic. The very like, soft, look the very it, soft, yeah. the, the very soft, rounded, and, uh, a lot of like like watercolory 
peaches and stuff. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, she's done a lot of other stuff. She did was Alice in Wonderland. I know she did Peter Pan's Song of the South. Um, things like that. So she's done a lot of work for Disney and she was um um yeah, she she has a very uh personal relationship with the studio. So um and, and I think Alice in Wonderland um has the mo- of all of their movies has the most Mary Blair styling that they have that they've made that she would have been involved with it's got a lot of her um she's a background artist that was like a yeah. big, she was a background artist mostly and you, you can really get that feeling um in this movie more than any of the others what where it's like yeah because you get all, all this crazy scenery and so it's like you know we have this this crazy hedge maze and she's in his leaves and all this other nonsense fl- flying around yeah i think he was gonna make it uh, like I, I I I was reading and this was like I had ne- I never knew this part of the history before, but he was thinking of doing like a live action animated version of it featuring Ginger Rogers, <laughs> which I that like that seems kind of I don't know how old Ginger Rogers was in nineteen. This would have been in forties. I guess, yeah. Let's see. She was born in 1911, so boy, I, yeah, that wouldn't have been a great, yeah, that wouldn't have been a great Alice. But I mean, at the time, dance, <laughs> you know. Yeah, because so. you, you know we're in the middle of the big musical era, so yeah. Um, but um, eventually, it just that wasn't that wasn't an option for Walt. Eventually, it's like you know what, this is. It's too. It doesn't do um, uh, the story justice. It doesn't like like what how I originally adapted them and everything. Like this needs to just be a cartoon, just outright cartoon. Yeah, because you know live action, you're kind of limited as of what you can do. Yeah. With like full blown animation, you can kind of go balls of the wall, so to speak. Which they did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They. uh, Um. Yeah, I mean, and like, and then, again, this isn't like the you know the Jabberwock doesn't appear in their version of it, really. Like, um, uh, I think there was originally it was like obviously everything at some point makes its way yeah. into these stories, but like you know the mock turtle isn't there. There's no griffins. There's no um, like the book has like a white knight character. Um, I think you're. I haven't, it's been a while since I've read that book. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, it's a, uh, you know, I think they cut out uh, for pacing purposes. They did, um, they did pretty good. Yeah, um, it's it's much like Cinderella last week, where this movie doesn't waste your time, really. Yeah, like, no, it, boom, it boom, boom, boom. Here's yeah. the story. We're gonna hit our beats. Yeah, I mean, I think of anything like it would have been nice to have uh, the Jabberwocky poem in there. Right, but at the same time, like you already did the, I guess between the two, the walrus and the carpenter, um, probably the better choice of the two poems. I suppose so, yeah. And how um, would you animate the Jabberwocky? Because it's yeah, kind of, it's kind of a revolting-looking character. Yeah, it's a very yeah, it's that sort of like why it's hard to make why it's hard to adapt Lovecraft kind of stuff because it's it's you know it, how do you how do you create something that's sort of uncreatable you know what you understand what i'm saying like, right yeah 
Yeah, and I don't think I don't think creating the Jabberwocky was in the Disney wheelhouse. No, especially at this, especially at this point in time. Because if they if they had done that wrong, it would have terrified people. Yeah, I mean, I showed you that book that I have where they had like the previous versions of the Headless Horseman from. Oh that God, stuff. that thing is and, metal like, as hell. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it is. You know, it really does. It's like a Megadeth cover. It's a flaming <laughs> skeleton on a. Yeah, it, it, like like some of these early concept arts could get really dark, but and yeah. then like you realize that it's like, well, that wouldn't that wouldn't play well in a cartoon, especially okay. a cartoon from 1949, 1950, 1951, like whatever year you're okay. in. We're a, it's a very conservative society, and you're yeah. Like, here's this big black. I don't know. Like I guess the Jabberwocky is like he kind of look like Frank the Bunny from Donnie Darko. I guess in a way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, but um, yeah, I this is this movie is like we'll, we'll start getting to some of the um stuff that we like to usually touch down on with like we talk about the music. You know, it's like you start off with the music. And I think we mentioned already, but like the unbirthday song is like the best song in the movie because there's not really this is more than any other Disney movie sort of uh the like compositions it's not like it's not like songs it's not like it's just you know background music you know it's the score is good the score. score is very very good yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's all score and um there's only a couple of songs like um unbirthday song and a tea party song and um a couple of other random songs like the you know intro song is like a jazz piano song yeah. <laughs> kind of thing and, Alice. Yeah, I mean, there were songs that were, um, uh, th- there was, there's other songs written for the movie that never made it. Obviously, they had, they recorded a Jabberwock song. Yeah. Um, but it never made its way out. But, I mean, it made its way out eventually. Like, you know, you can live there. It exists out there to listen to a lot of things. Like, Humpty Dumpty song is out there, too. Um, uh, one re- of the, were, these, were these released in the original soundtrack or not till years later? <laughs> Not until years later. I don't okay. even know if they've ever officially released them, but obviously someone like myself <laughs> hunts down things. Um, but maybe, because Disney likes to put out like unused versions of things. Like I have, um, for the 50th anniversary of Disneyland, they put out a massive um, six-disc set mm-hmm. of um, Disney music. And it's very interesting because it's the 50th anniversary, but some of the versions of so it has um, Splash Mountain in its entirety from right. start to finish the whole ride. Um, but it replay but it has the original rabbits after uh, before you go up the hill. Yeah, um, yeah. The family is lamenting. Uh, there used to be a song there that's that's very similar to if you've ever seen Song of the South. There's a song in there like like one of these days he's gonna come walking through that door. And it's set to that song. Oh, one of these days that rabbit is going to come home. Um, but th- that's been changed throughout the years. But on this set for the 50th, an- for the 50th anniversary, they have that original version on there. And it's the same thing with Pirates of the Caribbean. The version of Pirates of the Caribbean they have on there, which is the whole ride again, yeah. is the original one back when, like, it, before they had to change some things because they were politically incorrect. Like it has the one pirate who has now in the Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, it's the fat pirate that has the key in the map and 
Johnny Depp is in the barrel behind him looking over his shoulder. And, um, but before that, it was, he has like a woman's dress and like, oh, she'd be a feisty one kind of thing. Yeah. So it's the original politically incorrect version. And like, I don't know why they chose these versions, but Disney likes to change things up sometimes. Sometimes you get like alternate takes uh, on these soundtracks and stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if in some, some release of Alice in Wonderland that any of these showed up like unreleased. That's kind of what I, stuff, so. Yeah, because the most recent, thing, I mean, I'm sure there's more recent examples, but the one I can think of is like, like did Mel Gibson have a full blown song for Pocahontas that was on the soundtrack and it was, <laughs> wasn't in the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, I mean, it's just these things happen, and there's nothing like you can ever do about it. So. Like, oh, we've had this thing. Ugh. Well, yeah, you play it and it's like, oh, oh, that's why he doesn't do musicals. Uh, <laughs> But um, but yeah. So when the movie came out, um, not a hit. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say like failure, but it was a flop. It was certainly a flop. It 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 was. Uh, it had a budget of three million, and its United States box office was five point six. Not great. So, so it it made some profit, but probably. But, but not, not enough, and, and not Disney money for sure. No. Um, what made this movie like successful was that when they started doing TV, and it's one of the very first, like, very first handful episodes of the Disneyland series features Alice in Wonderland, and that's where it be- it got popular. That's where, um, you know, it it became a thing. They're like, oh yeah, Alice Wonderland's actually really good because more people saw it, obviously, because it's only like three TV channels and one of them is playing in Alice in Wonderland, so everyone can watch it now. And you know, it's different then because you know, this is the '50s, so it's in black and white, so you're losing a lot of. Uh, I can't even imagine watching it black and white. To be honest with yeah, you. It, yeah, you, it, lose, you lose so much. You would lose so much watching this in black and white, but you know, it was a massive deal, and obviously. Um, and it's not it's not a joke. It's not like <laughs> it's, this movie's like an acid trip during that sort of time during that time frame of they you know the psychedelics era yeah, as I, as they call like it was a big movie like yeah, it, we, it, like, it like we referenced Jefferson Airplane earlier. That's yeah. White Rabbit is based on this movie. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like during the seventies, this movie had a huge resurgence in popularity because it was that's when people were doing this stuff and this movie plays into that really well um, it, it, it was incredibly successful in the 70s and its theatrical releases um, but to, but to like college kids dropping ass and going to watch the movie yeah I mean like well like Disney was sort of sort of promoting it that way too in the 70s when they were releasing it like a little more a little tongue-in-cheek but like they knew and they're like just make money off of it you know you i don't buy think tickets? yeah yeah and you know by this by this point walt's dead so and the studio is sort of in its you know transition periods and stuff so um but yeah this uh this this was um this is a big deal because, like, think of it again. This is 1951, so TV is, you know, brand new. So this is a movie. This is like Disney. Like, we can use TV to promote this movie. Like, we can use, you know, <laughs> use this stuff to do that to get all these uh, 
get people interested in this movie. Obviously, it didn't work as well as they had hoped, but they they recognized the. Um, but this movie um, um, did get a uh, did get that one hour in Wonderland, right? Like, which was, you know, a Coca Cola sponsored TV special that sort of promoted this, and like it was a Christmas sort of deal kind of like you know not christmas obviously but like you know like you know christmas special is what i was going for with that but like the tv special like one hour like and uh, pro- yeah our, our old our old pal edgar bergen shows up on this thing. yeah exciting right <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's like it was like an infomercial for the movie yeah it is and and it's you know this is sort of TV was the Wild West. People didn't really know what to do with it at the time, so it's just throw throw everything at the wall, and see what sticks to it. Like, so how do you promote a movie on TV that you want people to go see? It's sort of like this PBS style, like uh, introdu- introducing people to the universe of Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> it is funny to think that like uh, one hour in Wonderland and the movie itself is only like 15 minutes longer than the special would have been. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it wasn't like, there was a lot of fluff in one hour in Wonderland. Like, yeah. Oh, we got to pad this thing out. Well, let's get Edgar Bergen in here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, and I think that's on the tone video release. Yeah. It's on yeah. one of them. I don't know if it, usually they don't take special features away. So I'm assuming it's on the Blu-ray version too, if it was on the DVD version. I, I saw it on uh, a, a popular streaming site. And <laughs> just, just for like, you know, for a reference for the show today, tonight. So yeah, it just had its 65th anniversary a couple of years ago. So they re-released it on Blu-ray just, just a couple of years ago. That's, like, a, like, that's two crazy. Years ago. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think. It's 65, but it looks so good for its age. I I think anything, more than anything else that we're going to get during sort of the Walt Disney being around era of cartoons, uh, it's the one that feels more contemporary than anything else. Yeah. It it feels, it feels very, um, like, it feels more modern than anything it feels like it like it, it's because it's, it's just weird enough to where it's like this could have been like something that aired on like you know cartoon network or something or you know like some sort of yeah. production like modern day production um i mean I, I you get the sense that it's probably turned the century england yeah based on like what her her mom's wearing and what yeah she's well wearing. i but, but still you know well because like what the books came out in the 18 mid 1800s 1860 1860 yeah. you know 1860 1870 something like that right. so i mean that's that's i was assuming that's where it's i'm assuming it's, con- it's contemporary to its time when the yeah. book came out and so i'm assuming that the cart that the cartoon is because the design of alice is like the dress is almost spot on how the based on the book's sort of um, illustrations and stuff so like and, and her dress is iconic and when you think of alice of wonderland yeah like that blue yeah. that, that weird apron looking dress. yeah yeah like yeah house like house hand kind of thing yeah yeah that's um but um yeah so you know it's funny when you like get because i remember getting like 
when Dumbo first came out on DVD and like it's like it's so you know like when you get when you look at like the 60th anniversary of Dumbo and you're like how is that possible? How yeah. is this movie that old? You know, it's only you know, <laughs> sure enough it is. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean it was um, uh, it wasn't wasn't particularly well received when it came out. Um, not be not not for not for like the animation and everything. It was more of a Disney did what Disney does. They took this book, this you know English novel, mm. and made it as an as American as possible. While American, yeah, and um, uh, and he, he knew that he knew that he knew that was what was going to happen. There was no like you you listen you read like notes and stuff from them and stuff and it's like they knew that's like well we want this to be as broad as possible and you know you know it's america in the 50s there's still you know xenophobia is still a thing you know <laughs> like to like yeah. to this day so you know you get things even to this day that come out that are like you know it's like well like like you know last airbender or something it's like it's all these people are white you made all these people just like you stripped out their original character and and to make to make to, to try to feature as broad an audience as possible you know you make a movie based off of a japanese cartoon and cast a white person or something you know it's because it, you want to reach a broad audience and does you know i think it works better here because you're it's a white person in a cartoon regardless you know yeah. like, and and it's it's like you didn't really and it's like you know they're still drinking tea and she still talks with an accent and stuff so it's like you didn't strip away the british part of it you're but, not turning a japanese samurai into cowboys yeah but <laughs> at the same time you're also not appreciating um like what makes British literature British literature kind of stuff like like England and stuff because you know their style, their way of telling a story in an American way especially in the fifties of telling a story don't they don't match like you know no. <laughs> so you know of course you were going to irritate those people when an American company takes a English thing and makes it uh, creates a broad appeal for around the world kind of situation the British are known for their absurdist humor yeah they're uh observation um uh, leonard malton um uh said it said uh that uh, one of the animators uh ward kimball was the animator mm -hmm. um that the reason it failed is because there were too many cooks in the kitchen uh because it was it is this movie has five directors oh good god <laughs> yeah and typically when you have a movie that has you know two directors can be an issue you know but it, people can make it work five There's directors some, some recent some, examples of that <laughs> yeah five directors is absurd especially for a cartoon you don't need five directors um, and everyone and all these directors are trying to outdo each other on the zany you know they feel like they can get away with it a little more because it's you know there's no strict continuity you have to follow in Alice in Wonderland so they're just constantly trying to um, uh, outdo one another. I mean, um, I mean, the, I mean, the chaos kind of lends itself to the nature of this movie. You yeah. know? Walt Walt explicitly says himself that the reason this movie failed is because it, it lacked any heart, and 
I, 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 I buy I that. that. I, I get that. But you don't know that. <laughs> like, especially the thing with like too many directors made this movie a failure. Uh, not enough heart made this movie a failure. It doesn't change the fact that nobody wants to go see it. Yeah. Like, you only know it doesn't have heart if you saw it yourself. And, so, so, you and know. then told other people not to go see it. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, you know, it's a Disney cartoon. It's not really like, it's just the time and the place probably killed it more than anything else. You know, you come off of Cinderella just a year prior, probably less than a year. I forget what month Cinderella came out. But um, this was this was summer Cinderella, like you know, you know, you're not too far removed from that one. And Cinderella was a massive success, critical critical success. People loved it. Had you know musical music stuff, and people were still a thing. And then you have then you followed up with Alice in Wonderland, which is you know a different, a completely different kind of thing. You can tell just by like if you watch early trailer for it or anything, you can tell like it's it doesn't it doesn't have the same sort of fairy tale i think fairy tale is sort of the big problem like you could tell watching it like it's not um it's it's not a fairy tale at all and you know there's no way to hide the fact that it's not and i think that's what most people when people want to go to these cartoons they want to they, that's what they're looking for and they weren't they you could tell that with alice in wonderland especially since it's a popular book like you know what you know what Alice in Wonderland is. You know it's not Cinderella going into it. It's Alice in Wonderland. It's Alice in Through the Looking Glass. It's that stuff. So you know it's surreal. It's 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 zany. It's weird. And you know, you know, Fantasia didn't work. Why would you know? And that's the same thing. It's surreal. It's weird. It's zany. And you know, nobody wants to go see it. It's the same thing here. I don't think I think in 1951 people didn't want to see that kind of movie. If this movie came out 10 years later. Um, maybe. It might have been more successful, but by the time you hit the '60s, I think people probably would have been more adapt in into the concept of Alice in Wonderland. But I, I wonder if it's not um, remembered more. Because this might just be, but I kind of get the sense it's not remembered super fondly. Like people like it, but it's not talked about a lot. That's what I'm saying. Like the it's, Even, it's, it's because yeah. there's a sandwich between Cinderella and Peter Pan. Yeah, you think and, about yeah. like you know those two movies. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Alice in Wonderland is more of a is more of a pop culture touchstone than anything. Else. Yeah, that's good. Like, that's good it, 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 it exists in the Disney canon as you know this you know characters. It's all just lines, and moments. And stuff. It doesn't exist. It doesn't. It doesn't really exist as a movie so much as it exists as a property. Um, because there's no movie there. I'm being hard on it because I really do like this. I do like watching yeah. this, but and I, but you know I'm being a little overly critical. But there's no movie here. It's just a series of uh, images that sort of are played out with. It's like it it plays like a theme park ride, and or, or like one of the package like, features we just watched in a way. Yeah, yeah, like like each scene could just be its own like you know package and, and and the central conceit is a girl fell asleep and now she's wandering to different shorts kind of thing it's like that's how it sort of plays off there's, there's no there's very little connective tissue other than alice herself is the only connective tissue maybe the rabbit seeing the same scene yeah but like but like but that's just usually plays out with she's following the rabbit and once she gets there to where the rabbit was the short takes place yeah then you know, that's over, and then she's going off to find the rabbit again, and when she gets to the rabbit again, the short takes place. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, there's there's very little, like, 
yeah, but that's the book and it's fine. And I think it's, I think, and it works. I mean, this movie works for what it is. It's not great. It's not terrible. It's, it's enjoyable to watch. It's absolutely stunning animation, but you know, it's, there's, there's a reason why it's not like, you know, a top tier movie, but you know, it's great. Nonetheless. Uh, the the lasting legacy of this movie is probably the animation more than anything. Yes. Like yes, if you think absolutely. about it, like the story, you're like, oh yeah, that thing happened. But <laughs> God, that part was really cool looking. Yeah, like 100%. Like uh, you mentioned Alice in Wonderland. Cheshire Cat is like the thing. Like that's the part that people, everyone remembers is the Cheshire Cat. And, you know, and, and you know, like line, you know, I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Kind yeah. Of stuff but like the cheshire cat is like it's a stunning visual you can it shows up everywhere you think about it it's on t-shirts it's on collectibles it's on you know purses and um ornaments and you know you go to disneyland there's always a cheshire cat new cheshire cat painted something you know because it's also you know it's pink on purple it's like a very striking colors the Mad Hatter is also like the other iconic character, I would say. Yeah, yeah. When and, you know, so it makes sense when we'll get to now. Now it's time to go into um, it's sort of after math here because there's no um, there's no like sequel, but Disney mm. Disney did go and make two live action adaptions of this movie. Um, and you know, varying success. <laughs> Wait, well, now I do want to do want to talk about one thing though. There's yeah. no sequel, but you remember we talked about Bill earlier. The oh. <laughs> Bill yeah. was one of Radigan's henchmen in the Great Mouse Attack. Yeah. <laughs> so Bill lived, people. He's alive. It's the Disney Cinematic Universe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, in uh, 2010, Tim Burton made a uh, live-action adaption. It's it's like it's 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 this weird thing where it's like it's not it's not a remake of Alice in Wonderland. No. And it's not, and it's also like, um, it's also not, um, like a remake of the book because it's like you know she's like 19 and this is all kind of like weird like pseudo sequely kind of stuff in a way and it's it's not like what he did with charlie the chocolate factory yeah it's like i'm not gonna base off the book really or the original but i'm gonna kind of do my own thing yeah it's like i'm basing it it's it's closer to the book than the original version but i'm also still not making the book yeah Um, and uh, it's it's too much. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen it? I've seen the first one, yeah. It's it, it's too much for me. It, it's like, very Tim Burton-y. It's very Tim Burton, and I don't hate that. I like a lot of Tim Burton stuff. Um, it's like Beetlejuice. Yeah. Jay and I both love Beetlejuice. And yeah, Beetlejuice. Batman, and Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands. Um, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas is fantastic. Yeah. But that's just his visuals. It's not like he made that movie. But, this just know. sounds. It sounds too. There's no really good way for me to say this about this movie. It just feels really hot topicy. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. It feels like everything was sort of designed to sell 
um, Alice in Wonderland as a property. You know what I mean? Like everything. Yeah. Is like, um, but um, it's certainly no Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That I can tell you. No, but, no, um, God, that movie's amazing. Um, but um, but yeah, uh, it, I don't like the look of it. I think that's it's... my major problem. Like I, you know, I I'm in the I'm in a weird minority where I actually enjoy Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and I think the sort of Tim Burton visuals works for what they're trying to do with it. Right. Um, I also hate that it is a movie that like lives and dies around Johnny Depp in this role of the Bad Hatter. Yeah. Like every bit of merchandising, every bit of promotional, everything. Like this minor character is might as well be the main character if you just based off of everything that you saw go before the going into the movie. And um, uh, the other thing you, you'll see Helen, Helen Bonham Carter as the you know queen. Yeah. On posters, it, it, but, but Alice is secondary apparently. Yeah. 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 And. Um, Ooh, that queen in the live action Dallas in Wonderland is a nightmare. Yeah. Because it's like, it's Hellebonum Carter, but they used, they CGI'd her head. So it's her head, but they made it like four times bigger than it really is. <laughs> she's got, she's got DK mode on uh, the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Crispin Glover's in it. Like, like got Chris McGlover into this movie, yeah? Wait, who, who is he? Who is he in the movie? Uh, the Knave of Hearts. Okay. Um, but um, yeah. Um, Sorry, McFly. Not gonna. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's and they've made a sequel called Alice Through the Looking Glass, which is obviously Never, which I have not seen. I've not seen that one either because why would I? I didn't particularly care for the first one. Um, but uh, it's uh. Obviously, it's named after the second book, so it's you know, through the looking yeah. glass. The second book from the. Um, we're through the looking glass. Yes, we're through reverse vampires. Reverse vampires. We are through the looking glass. Um, but yeah, there, so yeah, you have no direct. We have no legitimate sequels, Nick. No, no, <laughs> but, no. But you have, no. uh, you have, you know, um, two remakes, which is going to become a very clearly going to become a have to become a theme like you know what used to be the you know disney's making direct video sequels of everything they can get their hands on now it's disney's making uh theatrical live action or photorealistic remakes of whatever <laughs> property they can think of that they can make that work with so is, is that the that's the eat it from lassiter right <laughs> yeah must have been yeah. <laughs> so. But so yeah, everything because you know we just got some um, photos from live action Aladdin. Right. We talked about Cinderella live action last week. Last week, and you know, um, so you know, and so obviously we have two live action Alice in Wonderland adaptions from Disney. Um, video game wise, uh, no no hearts. no game strictly based on. Um, Alice in Wonderland, but like we mentioned earlier, um, Mascapades features characters. Yeah. Um, Epic Mickey obviously features a lot of characters from this one. Um, Not Alice herself, really. No, but like Chish- Cheshire Cat, um, 
queen of hearts. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. So yeah. And you know, Disney infinity appeared on that stuff. And, um, kingdom hearts, obviously just a few weeks away from a third kingdom hearts. So Um, I've not played any of them. (laughs) It's, uh, it's too, probably too late. We'll talk, we'll talk off air about whether or not I should play Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Spoilers, but, I probably won't. It's this it's look at that if that's a five part podcast series about <laughs> Kingdom Hearts and what any of it means. Should but, Nick play uh, Kingdom Hearts, the podcast? Yeah. It's like, gonna be like serial. Yeah. Yeah. It's I like, you know, I, yeah, that's it, that's a conversation. That just, if you th- if you thought the conversation we had about McDonald's earlier uh, got us off off track, this this one definitely. Do you like <laughs> uh, do you like Final Fantasy and Disney, or just one of those things? I don't know. If you just like one of those things, I have some bad news. I <laughs> like not- one of those things, and <laughs> spoilers: it ain't Final Fantasy. <laughs> but um, so yeah. So yeah, it appears heavily in video games, yeah. and, not and, to mention, and always will. And not to mention the other non-Disney, like you know, American McGee, Alice. Yeah, exactly. American McGee's Alice is another um, the weird, dark, like what if Alice was you know mentally ill, and all of this is just the crazed delusions yeah. of a teenager in an orphanage. <laughs> And uh, of course, we will, will not go into detail for Alan Moore's Lost Girls. <laughs> yeah, don't Google it. Don't do it. Don't don't don't. don't. You don't need you don't need those targeted ads. <laughs> no sir. No sir. But yeah, but yeah, also they, yeah, also it has a uh, theme park ride. It does. Yeah. It's um, I, I you know it's funny. I've only ridden that a couple of times. It's just kind of tucked away in the corners of Fantasyland, so it's sort of like I don't, I don't know that I've ever read it. It it is um read, read it. Read, wrote it. Wrote it's it. Read it? I haven't read I haven't I haven't read it either. <laughs> yeah. But it's Whoa. it's significant in a stupid little way where it goes outside for a, for a small section, which is not a dark ride thing. But you can hear the song. Like you know the you can hear the song as you're walking around the park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, no, yeah. Alice in Wonderland stuff is everywhere in the theme park because you have the you also have the teacups, yeah, which is the Mad Hatter's teacup. So you have it's two it. Alice in Wonderland rides at Disneyland. The teacups, and, maybe the most, I would say the top three most iconic Disneyland rides, maybe. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I like even maybe not even like rides, but like iconography, like. Yeah. Castle, Matterhorn, teacups, churros, yeah. and turkey legs. You know, yeah, Dumbo, Dumbo, the flying yeah. elephant. Yeah, you know, be like just like in terms of iconography, it's it's right up there with the mountains and stuff. So, um, because like you know, Pirates of the Caribbean is like you know, it's a great ride, but there's no iconography like in terms of like park map stuff because there's yeah. no real the show building is just sort of tucked away and like you know. Uh, you you know, for an average park goer, try picturing what the haunted mansion looks like. You know, it's you know, it, it, you know it's a mansion and you know it looks spooky, but you couldn't really could you, you know, really really picture it in your mind's eye if, unless you've been there. You know, 
a yeah. hundred times or something like an annual pass holder or me, you know, like, what's the, uh, what's the cue for the teacup ride? It's like, it's gotta be like, I think last time I was there was, it was like an hour 45. It, it's usually, it, it hovers around 90 minutes. Yeah. Consistently. It's got high turnover, but because the ride's not long. And no. Like it's only got a handful of cars on it. But, you know, it doesn't have a lot of, you know, it's not like a roller coaster where it could just be a steady stream of cars because, like, the unload, the, the load unload is real fast on it and stuff. So it has, it has pretty good turnover. And, um, you know, they, and they reuse sort of mechanisms for that, like, um, like the, uh, what else? The, like the Roger Rabbit ride has the same kind of ride mechanic on yeah. the cabs and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. But, yeah, so you got two theme park rides at Disneyland and she appears in, you know, character the, the, those characters appear everywhere, Mad Hatter and all that stuff and Alice and, you know, in all the parades and like, she was like a major part of the uh, electric parade, the Main Street electric parade and Fantasmic, there's segments and st- like, it, it has a, like I said, it is in terms of just iconography of movies, it, it, it's, Easily, the most probably most exploitable that they have, and they take full advantage of it. Isn't uh, Alice in Small World for uh, England? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and one of the little puppets is an Alice puppet. Yeah. So, and I think oh, one of the other theme parks. I think it might be Paris. Probably Paris has um, has a hedge maze based on Alice in Wonderland. That'd be kind of cool. I, I would just, I would just pretend I was Jack Torrance all the time, though. <laughs> Daddy, Daddy, you're just charging through the maze with, <laughs> with an axe. <laughs> uh, I should never go there. No, that you'll never be allowed back into, into Paris in general. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, lots of fun stuff. Yeah. The Alice in Wonderland again, it's absolutely one of the most exploitable, and I don't mean that in an overtly negative way. Exploiting makes it sound bad, but I don't mean it that way. I mean, it's like, it just has these iconic... It's marketable. Like, marketable, yeah. And yeah. It's easy to do that. And, you know, and Alice stuff appears in just, like, everything. Like, the March Hare was in Bonkers, that cartoon. Yeah. That, and um, you get a bunch of those characters in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And... Um, like I mentioned, Bill. Some the opening, one. the opening of Aladdin. The <laughs> hookah. Pet, hookah. That's the caterpillar's hookah that the yeah, peddler yeah. has. The yeah. Opening of Aladdin. Yeah. Uh, um, we just got a, we just got an Alice uh, minifigure in the Lego Disney set. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's you know, and it's great, and it appears in you know, House of Mouse and all that other Mickey Mouse children's stuff and things like. And um, like I said, Ed Bill is in Great Mouse Detective. So like, right. this, like again, it, it, it's in terms of just pure visuals. Like this, it has legs to just sort of be able to appear. It's appeared in two other, like, you know, theatrical films in some way, shape, or form. Like it appeared in the Great Mouse Detective, and it appears in Aladdin. Uh, it appears in one of the Aladdin sequels, like the genie turns into a white rabbit, in one of the Aladdin sequels, and. You know, it appears in Roger Rabbit, it appears in Bonkers, and it appears in, like, uh... Oh, the door! Know, the door appears in Roger Rabbit, right? The doorknob. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, um... I think you see, uh... I think Cheshire Cat has a little bit he's, part and stuff in there. 
I know he's shown up in uh, House of Mouse once or twice. Yeah, but yeah, like so, you know, Disney knows what they're doing with Alice. Like, it may not be probably one of their all-time best, but it's you know, in terms of like visually, you know, they they know how to exploit it and market it. It works out for them. They they you know what bits and pieces work as far as like selling merch. Yeah. So I guess we should get to um, the sort of final step of the episode, and we pull up our our lists. Yeah. Um, where we break down, uh, you know, we rank them. We're ranking them every week. When we're done, we're gonna add another one to the pile and see where it rests in the uh, <laughs> in the listings. And so now this will be number uh, thirteen. So now it's a top thirteen list. Uh, we're going to see where it lands for you here, Nick. So your number one movie, I'm going to assume, is still Dumbo. Yes. You, uh, do you like it more or less than Fantasia? Um, I like it less than Fantasia. More or less than uh, Ichabod Mr. Toad? <sighs> That's a tough one. I'm going to go less than Ichabod. Okay. What about Fun and Fancy Free? It's it's better than fun and fancy free. Better than fun and fancy free. Um, Even though it, it it's also a package feature in a way, but still. Yeah, but you know you, the, the uh, Mickey and the Beanstalk is just so perfect. <laughs> yeah, but if you think of like fun and fancy free and, and this movie, which had the creepier par- party? <laughs> which had the creepier birthday party? <laughs> touche, touche. <laughs> um. I am going to put, so on my list, my number one is Fantasia. Forever. Forever. Not forever. Maybe. I don't know. We'll uh, see when we get that's there. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see when we get there and I can officially, like, rank it. But I like Spoilers, it. Spoilers. It's Atlantis. <laughs> it's Meet the Robinsons and you know that. <laughs> um, uh, I like it less than Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I like it less than Pinocchio. I like it more than Dumbo. So I'm going to put it right above here. So let's see. Alice. So it is my one, two, three. It is my number five. And this is your number four. So cool. Pretty close. Yeah. yeah. Saludos is just going to keep on getting pushed there, to oblivion. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I will never say anything is worse. Well, you know... Get no. back to us in about 60, uh, you know, yeah, 40 good, weeks or so. Yeah, in a good, yeah. In, in, in a couple of decades, there's there's some contenders that um, I've only seen once, and there's a reason for that. I've at least seen Saludos Amigos twice, <laughs> or three times, I think, overall. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but yeah, there's uh, there's some contenders for those. And oh, boy, is there. But um. But yeah, but until then, I want to thank you all for joining us once more. Uh, there will be we're recording this just a couple just a couple days before Christmas. Um, so also, uh, just a, just just before you're gonna listen to this episode, I will drop a special Christmas treat. I'm not going to spoil it here because in case you listen to this first, but. Um, 
there is a special Christmas episode that we recorded that is not following the chronology like this podcast does. And it's a, uh, it's a nice Christmas episode that I think you'll all enjoy. Um, so listen to that too. That's, we, we, we had a lot of fun doing that one. It was uh, a personal favorite. Of, uh, we- probably one, probably one of the, I, it was a funner episode because we didn't really have to follow our guidelines too much we enjoyed the hell out of it yeah it was it was fun especially considering when we recorded it because i think we recorded it after i want to say probably it was either melody time or make my music i can't remember yeah it was one of those two two. recorded it after that you know coming off of uh, watching those and then so we were thrilled to do it we were thrilled to do it because not only is it one of disney's like um absolute best shorts of all time you know it's it was also at a time when you're watching some of the absolute worst shorts of all time. <laughs> so it was it's a double whammy so but yeah so please uh listen to that one too it was fun and it's a movie a short film from disney that we both just absolutely adore and if and to be perfectly honest if it was part of this list that we're doing it would be a front it would be a contender and uh, it would be a strong contender yes but um but yeah please please listen to that one and have a merry christmas and um i want you to all to just join us next week because next week we are covering peter pan you will believe a man can fly <laughs> wrong movie but <laughs> we should just we should just have we should just have that score playing through the entire background of Mexican episode. <laughs> just put like just put a thumbnail of the Peter Pan uh, uh, peanut butter. <laughs> that listen, I I I will defend Peter Pan peanut butter with my life. <laughs> hey, enjoy some Peter Pan peanut butter and wash it down with Donald Duck orange juice, people. Absolutely. Still, both of those things are still very much available to this day, and I'm yep. thrilled to death about it. But uh, so next week, load up on Peter Pan peanut butter and Donald Duck orange juice and join us for Peter Pan. But until then, have a magical day. Bye.